Hey guys, welcome back to Crazy Juicy Love. I am so excited. I have a special episode. I'm going to share with you my interview with Ask Candy. Candy the Love Coach. I'm so excited for this interview. She asked me to come on to be a part of her Badass Bachelor episode, which is every Monday on Anchor Radio. And I'm so excited. Um, we get up close and personal about me as a calling in the one coach, which I'm so proud of, and how I use this, these tools to call in the one who turned out to be just a one. So here it is, Ask Candy, Badass Bachelor with Jimmy Allen. men and women get together online to talk about love, sex, relationships, and what it takes to be amazing on the daily. Who, who I am, I am Candace Harper, lovecoach.com. I help hardworking women and couples who have survived abuse be vibrant, alive, magnetic, and passionate while creating healthy, intimate relationships. And I am coming to you from the amazing Gotham Podcast Studios on 38th Street in Midtown Manhattan. And the theme of this summer's podcast is Badass Bachelors. Are you a badass bachelor if you think you might be and want to be an August guest? Plug your wares and possibly meet some ladies or gentlemen. Stay tuned to the end of the show to hear the criteria. But first, happy Monday. Happy Monday. <laughs> so you're listening to Armed Radio, maybe on your smart device with the TuneIn app, or you're listening in the garden on armedradioglobal.com. We're also on iHeartRadio, so don't forget to follow us and download your favorite shows. And for the streamers, we're also available on Spotify and Spreaker. Or maybe you're live here with us on Facebook. I see Keith is here, I see Charles is here. I saw Noelle earlier. If you are here, you know that we love it when you talk to us and you interact and you get into the conversation. We also love it when you join the groups. So you can join Armed Radio Group News and also my group, Ask for Candy Podcast. So go ahead and join those. You'll, you'll know whenever we're going to go live. You'll know every Monday night you know, when we're up. And speaking of that, this is the time when we share. I'm about to share to um, the Ask for Candy Podcast. Where are you sure. going to share to, Jimmy? Share. Um, I'm sharing to my Facebook family. Oh, I love that. And I should share to my page, The Avocado, yeah. uh, on Facebook. Yeah. I love that. And you're going to have to tell me later your, that your, why your page is called The Avocado. Oh, but go, sure. you, can, you can mute while you're sharing, too, though, because we don't want to have like the feedback of the show coming through the mics. Yeah. So, I'm trying to figure that out. All right. So now I'm going to share to Armed Radio Group news and the armed radio people who are out in the ethers in the audio listening to us you know that there's a ton of really great podcasts on armed radio and you know we're one of the many and you can always find out when we're going to be on and who's going to be on and all of that stuff if you're part of that group so join 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 be a joiner anyway like i said i am candace harper lovecoach.com my talent is conversation my passion is personal growth and my purpose is to teach and inspire radical self-acceptance in myself and others so that we can all have our best possible love life right yes. and that is why this is a conversation 
We're not here to hand down a bunch of dating and relationship rules or the rights and the wrongs. We're not here to shame your love situation. We do not believe in shame, honey. No shame, honey. Right? No shame. Our only intention is to create audacious intimacy, seductive singlehoods, and healthy relationships. So tonight and every Monday night, we're going to do what we do, which is do what we do, make it do what it do, which is to have conversations that engage, educate, and or enlighten all of us in the areas of love, sex, relationships, and vibrating high. Yes, honey. Which brings me to my very special guest tonight. Who I want to introduce. Hi, <laughs> Jimmy, my Jimmy Allen. I feel like this this day has been long in coming. Girl, yes it has. <laughs> <laughs> We've been meeting to sit down for a long time. A long time, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know how it is when you know someone on social media, it's like there's you know a couple messages back and forth. There's like, oh, I'll see you. We should get together. Yeah, we should yeah. have coffee. Yeah. When are we going to network? You know, you do the whole thing. Yeah, you do the whole thing. But we made it happen. We made it happen. Yeah, we're yeah. like face to face. This I is like really. I'm like a long time coming. Like, right? I need to like speak to her. I need to work with her. I need to like clever with her. I know that. Hello, <laughs> Kitty. Hello. <laughs> I love it. And you also do a podcast too, so we'll we'll get into that too. Yes. But I want to tell the people some things about you. <laughs> Based on what you told me about <laughs> But I want to share. I want to share about Jimmy. So Jimmy is originally from Miami, Florida. We love Miami. He moved to New York to be an actor, and years later, coaching found him. He recently had the privilege of studying with Catherine Woodward Thomas, who is the author of the New York Times best-selling Calling in the One. Yes. We're going to get all deep into that. Calling in the One. Right? And when he discovered Catherine's coaching program, he knew instantaneously that this was what he was meant to do. And after completing the book Calling in the One in 2017, his own love life shifted dramatically. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to get into all that, too. So he discovered how and why he was choosing men who were emotionally unavailable and ashamed of who they were as a man. I can't wait to talk about that. When Jimmy tackled the source of that issue, it changed his life. He fell in love with himself and what he had to offer. You know I'm all about that, falling in love with himself, honey. He discovered that his capacity to love was vast. And Jimmy started focusing on becoming the one for himself and for the man that he met while reading the book. <laughs> oh, we gonna get all up into your, your business, honey. Up in that business. <laughs> <laughs> so say hi to everybody, Jimmy. Hi, 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 Vince. Hi, what's Joe? <laughs> hi, how are you guys? And so we have Vincent who's joined, we have A. Fitzgerald Hardnett who has joined, and David Katz who's joined, and Charles, what's hey up? Hi. Gentlemen, it is a pleasure to have you. As always, you know you can participate in the conversation as we're talking, you can ask us questions. Yeah, yeah. it's good to see men, like, you know, on these podcasts and getting to know what it is to take to be in love or be the one for the for the love of their life. You know, I really love when I see men show up and like want to transform themselves for their own love life. Absolutely. Actually caring. And because I think men get a bad rap. They do. Right? They about do. whether they care about transformation or whether right. they care about growing themselves. Right. I think people assume that they don't, but in this day and age, I don't believe that's true. Yeah, it's, it's shifting in the world. It's totally. It's, yeah. a, it's a good positive shift. And Nikki. Hi, Nikki. So hi, we do, Nikki. Have, we do have some feminine energy. <laughs> that's coming in too. Oh, balance. Which we welcome. 
So, Jimmy, you have been kind enough to come and be willing to share yourself. <laughs> share my life. Share your life and open up. And as you know, we talked about it a little bit before. What we do here is the vulnerability quiz. But I'm because, so are you curious? <laughs> what the questions are? Because here's the thing you are coming on as both badass bachelor and love and relationship coach. So, your vulnerability quiz is a little richer. It's a little bit more like, you know, I want to hear more about your purpose and the meaningness of what you do and all of that. But I also, we want to deep dive into your personal stuff and, you know, we just take it natural and what feels good. Yeah, I feel like you're game. I feel like you're game. I'm a wig too. Little hair flip never hurt, honey. Okay, so very first question. What, Jimmy, is your purpose? Oh, good question. Um, I, since I discovered Calling the One and did the certification and went through the other thing, I know for a fact that my purpose is here. I am here to shift and change the way, specifically men, of how they love. And I really break down barriers of how men love and say that we are capable. So tell me about like when you when you do work with men like one on one. I do. That. Most of my clients are one on one. Okay. And have you, as far as like you know, I don't necessarily think there's a big difference between how we come around to self love and love, whether you're gay or straight. But do you work with both gay and straight clients, or you know, what do you feel like what you're doing is are you is it tailored specifically towards gay men, or is it open to everybody? Like what? Um, it's open to everyone. Um, I I would love to work with more men. All right, most majority of my clients are women. I'm just starting to work with more men. I'm just actually. Um, one of my new clients is a gay man. I feel like more women and gay men are more um, open and diverse to it, and sometimes not. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting that you say that because I do feel like, especially with things that are um, very, very growth-centered and sometimes tied to the law of attraction, mm -hmm. that it there it does take a willingness to be open to your feminine energy. Like we all have both, right? Like right. feminine and masculine. And, and that's really great that you said that because when I say that to men, like, do you do you believe we have a feminine energy? Like, no, but, you know, it's like, <laughs> there's no, nothing it's, feminine it's, about it's, it. Right? It's, we're not talking about you being feminine. Yeah. Like, there's an energy that we have that sort of balances out relationships, and yeah. that's needed in relationships. And it's also helpful when you tap into that, you know, especially either straight or gay, but when you tap into that feminine energy like you're basically receiving. Yeah, you know. absolutely. I love it. Okay, so what are you passionate about? What am I passionate about? Um, <laughs> I would say go for like that top thing that's like, ah, oh, you just like, you live and die for it. Intelligence, like yeah. I just, 
I just like my books are my bookshelf is filled with those books and you know maybe because I just became a certified coach well however it just like I'm really obsessed yeah. with those books I'm very passionate because I want to give my best self yeah. to my clients and to the people of the world because I know my purpose I want to be that bring that best self to every single person that I meet. Yeah, yeah. And I and I totally relate with that because I've been a personal growth junkie for like a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I just want to mainline it. Like, right, you know. Yeah, I almost have to like stop myself sometimes because right. I could easily like be in a YouTube vortex all day long listening to Wayne Dyer and listening right. to Abraham and you know all the people that I love. And, I mean, and I would say one thing. I, if I could say another thing. I would say you know, I'm passionate about Italy. Mm. Like I love Italians. I love. And I spent three weeks in Italy. Yeah. And I love Italian men. What know, part I, of Italy? Um, I was in. I started off in Naples, and I went to Florence and Naples, and I went to Genoa, where I had a friend of mine uh, who lived there, I was a good friend of mine, and then I went back to um, Rome, and I I just, I was obsessed, like, every day, like, watching Italian movies, doing Duolingo, reading... Italian um, men, honey, oh my goodness. It's a different breed, different breed, though, you can tell you. Um, and even now, like, I, and that's where the whole word, the avocado comes from, it's an Italian word based off the, uh, the movie, um, Agnale, and Agnale was, they called him the avocado, which, avocado means two different things, it means the advocate, and it means the lawyer, and so, my friend gave me the name, the avocado, because she said, you're an advocate of love, yeah. like, you stand for love, you, like, I'm unwavering when it comes to people. A warrior of love, a defender of right, love. Right, of people's love. I said, no, this shall be. Yeah. Because this is the intention that we're living into. And I understand that you have that love life. Yeah. And, you know, and this guy, Agnale, um, in Italy, he's the one who, uh, when Italy, Italy was in turmoil back in the 80s, I believe, and this one man single-handedly saved Italy by creating the fiat. And it really revived. By creating the fiat? Yes. The car? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. What, economy-wise? Yes. Oh, and so wow. the fiat revives Italy. So that's what she said. You do. You revive people's love lives. So that's how the name the avocado for yeah. your business page. Yes. That is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I love that. The yeah. avocado for love. Yeah. And you know avocados are my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> it's spelled differently. Is it? Yeah. How is it spelled? A-V-V-O-C-A-T-O. Avocado. Avocado. <laughs> so yeah, they're Italian. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. I think Old Bruce joined us. I think Eduardo. You know Eduardo as well. Yes, I, I want to. I see something. He tagged us. He might have tagged us in. Hopefully, he's joining us on the live. Oh, here he is. He joined. Hi, Eduardo. Hey, Eduardo. <laughs> okay, so what is a true expression of who you are? What is a true expression yes. of who I am? <laughs> um, hmm, these are interesting questions. I know, right? I'm getting to know you, honey. Um, a true expression of who I am. God, I, I don't know why this is coming to the first thing. Comes <laughs> Whatever comes first. Oh, God, I am so I almost am embarrassed to say it, but I say Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of love that. You know, like, it's like, you know, I, I always say she's like my spirit animal. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I would say this, you know, a long time ago when I first moved to New York, I, I had the privilege of, I, well, the privilege, quote unquote, 
I worked in, um, in a production company and I met this guy who was a producer. And I was like, well, why are you doing this like behind the house stuff? He said, well, I, lead, I love to learn how what goes on in the background. Yeah. And I said, well, what have you produced? He goes, uh, well, I produced the beat for Wu-Tang, Wu-Ha. He's like, I created that whole thing. And he's been working with Destiny. He said, do you know Destiny's Child? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> do I know Destiny? And I was like, yeah. I said, well, I produced one of the songs. He said, well, let me tell you. He was like, even though they're a great group, he said, Beyonce is the one to watch. He was like, she's the only one that's in the studio. She's not on her cell phone. She's not outside in hallways. She's, she's, she's like, she's present. And she's there. She's hardworking. And she's unwavering for what she wants. So I say her because she's always, she's not competing with anyone else. She's always being what's better for her. How can she be better? She's always improving herself. You know, people always knocking her down that she, that she can't, I don't know, quote, quote, sing, but she is paving the way. Yeah. And she isn't trying to prove anything to anyone. She is all about her being better than her. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think that that is a, a effect of just being 100% living in your purpose. Right. And I always say to people, like, even if you're not a fan of Beyonce, like, this is not a Beyonce advocacy. Right, yeah. You know, about, you know, being the beehive. Even if you're not a fan of Beyonce, it, you, you have to be able to appreciate that she just is 100% living in what she was born to do. Right. Like, <laughs> she's, she's definitely like aligned with what she is out to do. Yeah. And, and I will show this quick story. I was reading this, this autobiography on her. And when she was. Was it unauthorized? Or unauthorized autobiography on her. And there was this one story I, I remember so vividly. Um, they flew her and another girl when she was doing girls' time into the studio in LA. And, but Beyonce wasn't the lead at the time. But Beyonce had to learn all the other lyrics. She was just there to do the filler work. Yeah. And so the girl who was the lead didn't know all the words, was a very subconscious. Yeah. So Beyonce was like, I got this. Let me do it. <laughs> she was like, let, let me, me do, do it. it. <laughs> so they had been working on this one song with the girl uh-huh. for two hours. Beyonce sang the whole album wow. in four. Wow. And I was like, this girl ain't playing. Yeah. Since she was like nine. Yeah. <laughs> no, just in it. Just and I feel like, you know, there are a lot of musicians that kind of, yeah. um, with music in particular, you can see that in people because uh, Wayne Dyer always says, don't die with your music in you. So mm, for yeah. different people, our music is, some, is not necessarily music. But yeah. I think because you know, you can watch musicians get famous. There's just certain musicians throughout history that, that you just know they're just living yeah, in, yeah. you know, Michael Jackson, you know, David Bowie. Like, you just know they're living yeah, into Stevie Wonder. Yeah. 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 And I and I feel like it's such a beautiful example for, you know, how we can all live our life, no yeah. matter what you do. Yeah. Like, even if you're a brain surgeon, and if you give that kind of love and, and uh, commitment to what you're doing, like, yeah. how amazing you can be at it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that Beyonce is a true expression. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I see Jerry joined us, and Ani joined us, and Tom, and Bruce. Hi, you guys. Welcome. Hi guys. Welcome. You're welcome to ask us questions and get into the conversation. 
Um, let's see, next, oh, I want to get into the whole calling in the one conversation, because I feel like that's going to probably take up the most of our time, right? <laughs> and I want to make sure that we have enough time for it. So, uh, what would you say is the main, like, gist of calling in the one? Just to introduce it to anybody who's maybe heard of it or doesn't know very much about it. Like, I kind of had my preconceived notions before I did any research. Like, what would you say is the main, you know, idea of it, the main concept, just to introduce it? Um, so, calling the one is basically, you know, a seven-week, um, you know, program that's designed for you to call in the one. The one is really yourself. Um, and basically, one of the main premises of Calling It One is that life is a creative process and that your thoughts, your choices, your assumptions, and your words are the tools that are either you are creating your experiences or you're creating your circumstances. And, you know, and another, the second premise is that when you set a clear intention, Committed to that, that intention, that you stay, you become aligned with what you're out to cause your love life. And third, the third premise of calling it one is basically like you've probably heard this before, but when you alter your thoughts, you all your your whole world will alter totally. accordingly. Yeah, I strongly believe that. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a, a really great foundation just the understanding that changing our thoughts change i mean it's, as a man think it it's all right. that yeah, yeah right like your thoughts definitely dictate your reality yeah. in big way, thoughts and beliefs so tell me you know how you sort of got into this how you went down that road and mainly what your experience was with it because you said in your bio that you were able to call in the one and call what, in a one call in a one yeah which here's the thing about that i really believe in you know, a one, they, they say that cliche of, of reason, season, lifetime. And there are relationships that go on for, you know, 50, 60 years or whatever. But I really do believe that whoever you call in from wherever you're at is perfect. Like, that's exactly the person you need to be with, even if there's somebody, like my last long-term relationship was somebody who had me very confronted with all my shit. Right. And, and I'm so grateful to that person because they had me so understand how much I wasn't loving myself mm. and in touch with myself and accepting and caring about myself. So tell me about what your experience was with um, so, you know, that's exactly, you know, and, you know, Marianne Williamson always talks about, because they're a really good friend, Marianne Williamson and Catherine Ward Thomas, you know, she goes, you know, love is there to shine the light on the things that you don't want to see so that you can expand more in love, you know, and so calling the one is basically allow, so first of all, the base, one of the, the key things is how is life happening through you, not just to you? Mm, yeah, yeah. So it, it takes you out of being a victim and yes. making you, allow you to be responsible of how you are showing up in your love life. And a lot of people don't want to be responsible because it's so easy to blame other people. Um, so, you know, with me, when I first did Calling in the One, this was after I did um, Landmark, and my friend was like, you gotta read this book. I had no idea what it was. I just went on Amazon, I saw the reviews, and I bought it. Yeah. And it was like perfect timing, yeah. like really perfect timing. And I couldn't stop reading the book. And it really allowed me to see in every single relationship 
of how I was picking all these men. Yeah. And one of the biggest, um, the chapters talk about patterns. And some like, people have a hard time seeing that pattern. And one of my patterns, what you mentioned before, was shame. Yeah. Like I had no idea that every single man that I was picking had shame about being gay. Was that something that you had also? Well, here's the thing. Right. So I like I was, you know, I'm fully out. And then at the time I had a coach and I told her this, you know, I'm reading this book and you know, um, and I discovered this thing about shame. And she was like, oh my god, like she's like, where else do you have shame about being gay? And immediately it was with my mom. Like I had never fully able to like tell her I was gay, like here I am 39, yeah. I was 39 at the time, I couldn't really tell her about, I have never told her about any relationship at all, and I broke down crying on the phone, because it was the truth. Yeah, yeah. And, and I... truthful discoveries are right. very emotional sometimes. It is, <laughs> so, when you, so when you discover you have this pattern, then you start to see, like, so when I picked these men, they couldn't hold me, they wouldn't hold me accountable for who I was as a man yeah. because they He's doing the same exact, exact, same exact thing <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean and also it was directly affecting me in the sense that I wasn't fully self-expressed yeah. like even with my my first boyfriend like even he didn't do PDA he would have all these rules of how we shared our life with his parents it was all these things and it really blew my mind yeah. and so I had to take responsibility of that, you know, and I ended up, <laughs> I ended up contacting him, um, and I said, you know, I just talked about the shame part with him, my first boyfriend, but I, you know, I took responsibility, I said, you know, you never had a chance with me, and, and in my mind that you were never the one, and that I wasn't going to show up anyway, Yeah. because I was too busy shaming, I was too busy shaming myself, and I wasn't to come out for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And because I had to do it for myself. And my coach, she encouraged me to write a letter and she said, say all the things that you, what she said, say all the things that you're never going to be for your mother. And that was another thing of calling the one that when she, my coach said it to me, a part of calling the one, you start to discover all these over and covert agreements. I didn't realize that I had these unconscious agreements that I had made when I was a kid yeah. to my mom yeah. until I started reading Call Me The One and I had an agreement like, I will marry a woman. Yeah. And I didn't realize that I was unconsciously keeping, keeping that alive. Yeah, and yeah. my mom was keeping it alive too. Yeah. And it caused so much conflict in my relationship with her. Yeah. So therefore, I again, couldn't be emotionally unavailable be emotionally available because I had shame. Yeah. So it was it was so many layers um, in the relationship with my mother. And so finally said everything I needed to say um, on this letter to, to, to my mom. Yeah, yeah. And I sent the letter terrified. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And the first she sent me a text that well good for you. Um, but I'm not, you know, don't condone this. Oh wow. And then is she still in Florida? She's in Florida, and then she wrote me back. She said, I commend you for doing what you do. Then she called me immediately. She 
she said, I just want to make sure that you're okay. I just want to make sure that you know that I love you. Wow. So she went through all her stages of so, like, within, <laughs> within 15, of grief about it. Within, <laughs> it was like very quick. You yeah, know what I mean? that's amazing. And, um, and literally. That also is a testimony to her love for you. Because, you know, some parents, whether it's about gayness or whatever, like, if you admit something to parents that don't want to accept something, there are some parents that will go for years right. without being able to have that relief. And right, and but the key thing about that whole moment is that I had to be, I had to have the willingness to say to myself, no matter what, how this goes down, I am now committed to be this man myself in my life because if I want this type of love life I have to be a stand for my own yeah, life absolutely. and not live for anyone else and that's what a lot of common man is it's like you said the intention I had an intention this is what I'm creating my love life and I'm going to stick to it yeah and I'm not living my life my mother or her these agreements that I had I didn't realize was holding me back anymore yeah the history yeah, the past the history, yeah and what I love about what you're saying too, and this is for everybody who's out there, because I think it's so easy to be like, oh, you know, it was, it's a gay issue. It's so not, because oh, yeah. as human beings, we can find ways to shame ourselves about anything. Right. You know, there's women out there that are shaming themselves because the way that they eat, they feel like they're not good enough for a relationship. You know, if you're, you come from a family that had expectations right. on you, like you were saying, your mom expected you to marry a woman. You know, it's so easy to, when yeah. you've broken those expectations, to then shame yourself for that. So this applies to everything. I think right. the, the issues about us are just the, the tools. They're right. just the issues. Exactly. But every, like, everybody has a, co a, a core belief about themselves. Yeah. Whether they believe it or not, whether they know it or not, your core belief about yourself is running your life. Totally. And until you discover that core belief, it is going to run your life. And, you know, case in point, I had a client when I, in our first um, introductory session, I said, you don't matter. And she like, <laughs> she stopped and she said, how did you get that? Yeah. I said, well, when you, when you were a child, you didn't matter to your parents because you stopped engaging. They called you the black one. She was a dark skinned one. So you, you retreated. You. You and other had, sorts of shame. Right. So she had she was the only she was the only dark skinned woman in her out of her siblings. She was the only one with curly hair out of, out of all her siblings because she was she was Indian. And so she was, you know, shamed because of like her curly hair and her skin. Yeah. So she always thought she didn't matter. So she played in the background. And lo and behold, she's in a relationship with a man who her feelings or anything did not matter. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> I believe because that's what we do. We, yeah. we we believe that thing about ourselves, and then we just keep repeating it with yeah, other people over, and over, yeah. inviting it and having the same experience. And, and as much as we will say, "This is not what I want to be doing. This is right. not what I want," right. it's exactly a product of what we believe in. And, and what I'm hearing and what you're saying is, and what is so true is like whatever you resist persists. Oh, totally. Oh, <laughs> I always say that. I always say that, and it's so funny to me, especially with social media, because people are so much about like fighting things, mm -hmm. right? Like, let's resist against this. Let's fight this. Right. Let's fight that. 
And I forget who talks about like even with the war on drugs and the war on this and you know like this even racism. Right. It's like with this resistance thing that we do. It 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 just causes it to grow. Right. It puts a lot of energy and focus into places. Right. That cause the negativity. To like grow. even resisting the conversation about racism is perpetuating more anger and racism, racism. because of the unwillingness to have the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, you know I mean I know we're like expanding out to yeah. global things, but this is you know how it shows up individually and how yeah. it shows up culturally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that though, Jimmy. I love that you, yeah. Like I, I, cause here's the thing I was telling you earlier with this whole calling in the one, um, process, I had preconceived notions, which I'm sure other people do. And one thing that I thought was that was really beautiful about it in doing the research and that I, it endeared me to Catherine Woodward Thomas is that she called in the one, lost the one, and then I'm talking about, yeah. yeah conscious uncoupling but you know it took something to be able to and I know this from my own journey as a coach like setting yourself up as an expert who knows how to do things there are always gonna be those people that question you and to publicly have what you've set up to be a truth or a possibility for other people and then to, to have it look like you failed at it which I don't believe in, in like I feel like failure is a positive thing I know a lot of people think that you know relationship fails and you can walk away and have learned from it. It's, it's a success. You know, I've learned that, you know, what you're just saying, failure is an opportunity for growth. Yeah. Any failed relationship is an opportunity for growth. And if we start looking at each and every failed dating experience, each and every dating, each and every previous boyfriend or girlfriend as a learning experience, then it's an opportunity for us to grow and expand in the places where we are weak, you know? Even in the relationships where you're in it, right, yeah. and it's sucking. Right. <laughs> like, I, there, that's so much opportunity for like, you know, what am I bringing? What, how, what am I generating? Like, right. like why did I attract this thing? And, Not to blame yourself, right, not no, to like, exactly. beat right. yourself it's, 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 it's so great what you just said, you know, and I always say, and I was saying this so bad today, I was like, how is your relationship reflecting back to you what you still need to work on with yourself? Yeah. Because it's you're definitely causing something over there. Yeah. And if you if we I've learned to always stop. Okay, it's like how am I causing this person to react? To act like this. Because <laughs> act so ugly. Because if we stop and say, what, what am I doing that's creating that over there? Yeah. And if we step back, then it's like an opportunity. It's like okay. I see what I'm doing, I see what I'm saying, that does because that doesn't work yeah. right here, right now. Yeah. So I need to make and to evolve this part of me yeah. because I'm hurting you and it's hurting my relationship. Like how can I get powerful in this? Right. Because here's the thing too, because I know that there's a lot out there about like, you know, victim blaming and all of that. And you know, it's a very slippery slope, a slippery conversation. But for every experience, we do have some responsibility for oh. what we're experiencing from other people. Right. Not that we're responsible for their actions. No. You know, like if somebody hits you or something like that, you don't, you're not responsible for them hitting you. But being in a situation where that's what you're experiencing, there's an, there's a, something within you that is attracting that your your worthiness or something right. that is saying uh, that it's okay. Exactly. And this is what I was saying to a guy I was coaching today. Uh, and he just could not get it. Because it's a hard thing. It's, it's, a, I, hard, it's I, hard to he's accept in a three, it. Three, three year abusive relationship. And I said, why do you keep saying yes? Yeah. You broke he like, I'm not saying yes. I was like, yes, you are saying yes. Yeah. You he like literally, I was literally frustrated with him. Like my you know, one of my core beliefs is like I'm not good enough. And I almost fell into this. He was thing. triggering like, in the year. He was triggering me, bro. He was triggering me. <laughs> in the year. Girl. 
And I was like, I want to be a coach. I can't coach him. And then he said it. And then I said, that's it. You're not worthy. He goes, yes, I am worthy. And I said, if you're worthy, why do you keep saying yes to abusive relationship? And the phone went silent. Because <laughs> if you're worthy, you would not be tolerating that for three years. Yeah, no, it's true. And this is not to discount anybody's no. experience, but it really does come down to, you know, believing that you are worth right. something more. And a lot of it comes down to, specifically with men, they're un- a lot of men, both gay and straight, are unclear what it is they want and need in a relationship. Mm, that's so funny because I feel like men always say that about women. No. <laughs> I mean, there are some women too. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I, from my experience, a lot of men don't. Don't, don't take the time to get that. But here's the thing. How often do we, and I love that we're going in a million different directions because there's there's so much richness so much, in this yeah. conversation. But how wow. often, like, you think about your, your conditioning, you think about your culture, you think about this this Western culture that we live in, how often are is it supported that we just get clear about what we want? You know, oh, yeah, when you're a kid, you can write your Christmas list to Santa. Right. But like you know, most parents don't know to say like it's important that you you know what you want for yourself, right. and it's okay that you want it because you're worth having right. it, and you can decide what that's gonna be. You can choose for yourself. Like how often do we get that empowerment? We don't. I mean, it's it's becoming like as we talked about before. It's a very new thing to say, and there's definitely a shift happening in the love world because you know back in the '80s. You know, people weren't thinking about that kind of thing. They were like, do you have a good job? And do you have a house? Successful. Right. Can you get a DeLorean? Right. (laughs) But now, you know, people have evolved. And now people want this, they want you to have a house. They want you to have, you know, financial stability. And they want to have, you know, somebody have them back. Somebody to love me. Somebody to have good sex with. Somebody to have good sex with me. Because it does make a difference. I want the people on the fa- people on the Facebook Live. I see Mikey joined us and Drew. Hi, Drew. Hey, Sarah. Who tagged Lynn and Sarah. Hi, honey. Sarah has a great podcast on Arm Radio, too. I want you guys to chime in with what your experience was of understanding that you can choose what you want. Understanding yeah. that you could, um, you know, it, from a place of worthiness, just decide what's right for you and decide what you want and, and get clear about that. Because yeah. I do that a lot in my coaching. Like, a lot of it is around or there's a good section of it that's around clarity. Yeah. And just the willingness, because first of all, you gotta be able to say I'm worthy of having it. Right. And then just the willingness to paint the picture. Right. And I tell you what, like knowing what you want, <clears throat> that what it does. Especially, you know, if you're single out there and you've been frustrated with dating, when you get clear about what you want, you stop dating off crap. Yeah. Like literally. Like it's like you can't even you can't even like <laughs> right you just like bam bam yeah. you're like I hit it you're like no, yeah. no and it's not an angry thing no it's not because here's the difference because I'll tell you when I was probably in my early 30s the first time that when like chat rooms and dating rooms you know dating apps first started out yeah. um and when it was kind of sketchy I was very much that type of career woman who had a list of standards and I had sort of an angry way of not letting people be good enough for my standards. Right. That's one thing. I don't think that's workable as far as having a healthy, loving love life and I don't think that comes from a loving place. But when you allow yourself to get clear from a loving place, mm-hmm. 
then it's like you don't even first of all you, you stop attracting what's right. you know not worthy of you and what what makes your life unworkable but also you don't have to be mad at someone no. for not being what you want no. <laughs> it's and like it takes all that that energy out of that right and, I, and here's the other thing the beauty about calling the one which also kind of like like oh girl you know when you <laughs> when you get clear you have your list about what you want right and then she has this, she has this exercise. She said, well, I say, I want someone to have my back. And then you have to flip it. How do I have my back? I do that in my coaching too. I'm, I you have them turn it into I am statements. I am. Yeah. Because what happens it's is, so important. it is, people have this expectation of other people when they're not back for themselves. Yeah. And that's the biggest conflict I find in majority of marriages, totally. relationships, and dating. Yeah. Because I feel like that's just it. We're taught to have the external fill us up. So we not only do that with food and drugs and things like that, with our relationships, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I'm lacking in these things, so I'm gonna need a partner who's gonna come with all of these right. things and you know be my better half. Yeah. You know, come and, and bring you know the other 50%. Like right. that, that idea right. is so pervasive in a society where it's all about instant gratification. Right and the external bringing to you. Right. Right? It's so counterintuitive. I mean, that really shook me up. Yeah, that's because, a great, I love that exercise. Because it really showed me like, oh my God, I got some work to do. Yeah, <laughs> no, totally. <laughs> oh my God. But it changed, like, cause when I did that exercise for myself, cause you know, just in uh, my own coaching journey, I realized that that was the thing. And just turning things into I am statements alone, because they then become mantras, they right. then become affirmations, right. right? Like that completely transforms your life to a point where it's not even about the partner anymore. Not that right. you know, you don't still have desire to have a partner, but I think it, it just transforms everything. Right, you know, and even with the Gobar has a whole book on it. It's like, um, if, if he says, if they say, you completely run. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's a trap. You know what I mean? You know I mean? Nobody, nobody can complete you. Yeah. You, you bring your whole self to the relationship and the other person bring their whole yeah. self to the relationship. Yeah. yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Okay, so we were talking, we sort of touched on it a little bit that um, Catherine Woodward Thomas also wrote the book Conscious Uncoupling. So um, you were saying that you did call in the one, and then, because I really want to get into how your experience and your evolution was with that too. And when you uncoupled with that person, have you experienced the, the conscious uncoupling? Did I? Um... I did, yeah. you know, um, so I'll get into my, the guy that I called in. So, you know, I had, so I have a vision board and my vision board is my list of things that I want to call in and also the things that, you know, like I said before, that Let's I'm going Oprah is actually. Um so you know, she's my girl. I call, I call her my fairy godmother. <laughs> you know? Um so what happened was I was doing a call in one by myself, then I also you can do it in groups. So I, you know, had two friends, you know, we met every week and uh, my friend said, you're going to be the first one to meet somebody. And I was like, mm, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just here to get my, you know, transformation on, not life, you know, I'm not looking, you know. Yeah. I mean, I was looking, but not like, hardcore. you know, hardcore, you know what I mean? 
And so I, you know, I was online one day and I saw this guy. He looked Italian, but he wasn't Italian. And um, I just sent him this like random like, you know, you have warm eyes or something like that. And he respected, you know, texting back and forth. And then we ended up, you know, um, you know, meeting up. And when I, when I, I remember our first date too. Um, he's um, he's Middle Eastern, beautiful man. And you know, and when you, this is the other thing when you get clear about what you want, you can ask questions around the things that you're looking for. Sure. And so I immediately, Boldly, confidently. I, yeah, exactly, because <laughs> you know. you're not attached, right? You're not, <laughs> right? Um, and I, I immediately, immediately knew that he was a one. Like I can't explain it. It's just the way the conversation was going. He would say everything that I wanted about family, life, relationship, every, every. And I was just like, wow. He was just been so open. And just the connection was just like unbelievable. Wow. And I remember <laughs> going back to my call and one of them was like, oh my god, I met this man. <laughs> They're like, we knew it. <laughs> and I was like, I'm freaking out because on my first date, like every question that I had, he answered like, I'm just like, oh my god, like that's yeah. what I want too. Yeah. You know, and I remember our second date, we were we spent nine hours in the park. Oh wow. Just it was, and I was just like like wow yeah. you know and we it was just it was great and um i mean <laughs> the sex was great you know um the conversation was great super smart he was very ambitious had my back you know one the family wanted to get married all these things um but then i there was something that I was there was something that was there that I noticed, mm. but I ignored. Like I always got this thing from Oprah. She would say, "You know, people tell you who they are from the very beginning." Yes, and like, that's from, and that's originally from Maya Angelou. Oh, right, right. Yeah, when people show oh, you right. who they are, believe them. Right, yeah. right, exactly. Yeah, she used to always repeat that. And I remember this moment, and I didn't have had the language at the time to articulate what it was, but I remember sending him. A video of Brene Brown on the power of vulnerability. Mm. I don't know why I did that, uh-huh. but that's what I wanted to send him. Uh-huh. And nothing along. He was like, "Well, I know what you're trying to tell me, but you know that's not me." Uh-huh. And I was like, "Hmm." Yeah. But everything was else was working out, yeah. you know. So I just ignored it. You yeah. know what I mean? And so we had, you know, spent this time. He was an executive chef in Hamptons at the time, and I went up to Hampton to know. I mean, literally wake up at 7 a.m. and we're talking throughout the whole day. Just yeah. like, just like seamless. Yeah. You know, I'd never had that before. You know, I was always in this like euphoric, <laughs> like, you know, place with him. Yeah. And I remember the next day uh, when I was up there with him, he was like, why is it so perfect? And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, you know, the conversation is great, we don't argue, we don't fight, you know, we just get along so well, like, what's, what's up with that? And I thought that was very odd, yeah. you know, to say something to someone. And then I did get very triggered, you know, and then I thought I said, I said, because this is what you want and this is what I want. Yeah. Because, and also, this is what I deserve. Yeah. 
Like it was the first time I stood up for my the love that I want. Let me ask you a question though, not to interrupt you. That's okay. Because there was something that you said when you said that you sent him the Brene Brown vulnerability thing. Was there a part of you, because I know that in, in my last long-term relationship, my way of fixing him was sending him stuff. <laughs> and I was so much in fix-it mode. So I would send him like, you know, videos I watched. I probably sent him some Brene Brown too. <laughs> so like full disclosure in your heart of hearts, was there a part of you that was like, I feel like I need to fix something here? Or was it? No, it was, it was, I just had the intuition about, I didn't know why I was sitting in that video. I just wanted to see what his reaction, I just wanted to see what would leave from the conversation because it was actually one of my favorite videos. Yeah. Every person I sent it to, we always had a conversation, but, and the unwillingness to have that conversation, like, kind of like, hmm, you know, and I bet ignored it, like, I, I mean, maybe I was trying to fix him, I'm not sure, um, but I never, like, brought it up ever again, you know what I mean, because, I didn't think, you know, when you're in Landmark, you know, like, I choose him for I choose him, that's so I'm yeah. always choosing him for who he is and who he is not, and that's how I was, you know what I mean, that's why the relationship was so great, because I was always constantly choosing him yeah. for who he is and who he was, and even though he wasn't giving that part of giving that part of him to me, yeah. always. And so... Which brings up another thing that is a very, very hard, and I struggled with this, because I remember when I was in my abusive relationship, we were both sort of in the landmark world, mm -hmm. and the choosing thing was big for me, because I, like what I was talking about earlier, yeah. like actually taking that, that powerful thing where you're saying, you know, life is not happening to me, I'm choosing this thing. And one thing that I struggle with, and as much as I love the concept of, you know, choosing something over and over again, and as much as I believe that, you know, relationships that stay together for decades, it's because they've chosen each other over and over again. Part of the problem of being in that relationship, besides the fact of my relationship with myself, what was going on with that, was that I kept telling myself to keep choosing him. And it wasn't until after we got out of the relationship that I had sort of blurred whatever that meant because the choosing of him over and over again was not working. Well, it was not workable. Here's, here's the thing about the choosing. It's like, okay, I choose, like say if we're with an abusive relationship and I'm, I'm choosing you for who you are, who you're not now, in reality, that's who you are and you're not gonna change and I'm not gonna change you. Now I have a decision. Am I going now? I know that. Change you, or am I right. gonna like? <laughs> am I either gonna tolerate this, or am I gonna leave? Yeah. So it gives you choice. Yeah. Now, like, am I gonna stay here, or am I gonna leave? Because now the reality is, you are who you are. Yeah. You're not gonna change. You're not gonna waver, and I'm not gonna put in the time to do that. Now I have a choice. Yeah. Stay or go. Yeah. That's it. And you know, this is going to my right. You know, <laughs> with the, the guy I was coaching today, I said, You're not choosing him for who he is and who he's not, even as an abusive relationship. Now, you have to ask yourself, Why do you keep choosing it over and over again? Yeah. Because it's something he gives you that you are not, that, and you're trying to be right about something, and you're trying to fix him. Yeah. And that's what it is. He's trying to fix the other guy. Yeah. Like, and the I guy, was definitely doing that. You know, and the guy's not going to change. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, you know, and also a part of I would you know go back a little bit with this guy I was meeting, and you know this is the other thing about you know 
and she called her one. She you know she never in her in her life imagined that she would date an African American guy because just wasn't like there wasn't many African American people around and stuff like that. So it wasn't even on the radar. Yeah. And like I said, the guy to the guy before to you guys before. This is Catherine Woodward. Yes, Catherine. She had a brother. She had a brother. Oh, I didn't know that. You know, because she didn't grow up around black people. There was only one black person in her school. Yeah, yeah. So she didn't like. She didn't know to like look for that person. She just knew that this black guy, this black guy, kept coming around in her life, but she didn't like. It didn't like collect in her mind. And I remember that, you know, um, this moment before I met this guy, the the one guy called in. I remember there was something happening in the Middle East, and I said, I can never get a Middle Eastern guy. Mm. And that's when it clicked. I was like, ooh, I need to give that up. And sure enough, the next day, I met him. Like, I couldn't even believe it. Yeah. Because we always have those, like, rules we set on ourselves based on things we've heard and those identities and BS and bullshit. Yeah, it's totally bullshit. And, like, you know, any advice out people out there, like, you have to look at when you say things like that, you are directly stopping the love that's coming to your life because love does not look like what you think it looks like. Right. (laughs) That's true. And it is true. Yeah. Because as long as we're feeling like it's something that has to feed us, then it's like, they got to be six foot five. Yeah. And they got to come and do this. Right. And they got to, you know, be this religion. And they got to, you know, and I'm not saying things like that shouldn't be important to you at all, but you're right. Like, once you set those rules that, you know, that are external standards, it's right. like you're attaching yourself to what you think that person's going to bring you. Right, exactly. Right? You know, I had a, a friend of mine who I was coaching, and, she, and one of her things was, oh, he had to have good feet. Yeah. And I said to her, are you kidding me? She's like, well, I don't want my sheets to get scratched up, but I want my, my feet my legs to, get, to get, scratched get scratched up. Like, he got good feet. And I said, you mean to tell me you're willing to give up a good man who meets all your needs to, to, for, for good feet? I said, do you know how long does it take for a man to be emotionally available? Like, that takes work. Yeah. You know what I mean? He can get his feet. I, I was going to say, an emotionally available man who's got you know, fucked up feet we can get his feet. You got right. Like, yeah. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Right? Like, that's crazy. You but we I mean? do that. Yeah, we, we do, do that. that. But anyway, like, you know, you know, we're short on time. But I know. The, the, the guy who I was calling in, you know, it finally came out that he was in an abusive relationship for me. And he didn't trust. He didn't trust that. healing. Yeah, so he needed some healing. So even though... You may call in the one, that don't mean that they're ready to be the one. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, or they're the one for that moment. That, that he was the one for that moment. And I, Whatever you have to take away from it. And it really taught me because I had this belief that I didn't I, I didn't know what I could bring to the table could be great. Yeah. And when I really looked, even though I cried for like two months, and I really had to sit with what was this relationship teaching me? What was this relationship teaching me? And I was like, oh my God, like... I didn't know I had this capacity to love. Yeah. And I didn't know that I could, everything that I worked on with myself, I was bringing to the table. Yeah. Like, I had no idea until that relationship. 
Oh, honey, I gotta put a pin in it because we're at 856. But that's beautiful. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah. I wanna make sure that you have enough time to tell people how to find you, how to work with you. We're gonna definitely put whatever links you wanna put on the post on yeah. Facebook Live and even in the groups. But let people know where they can find you. Okay. And how they can work with yeah, you. so I'm on Instagram. You can find all my links on Instagram at Jimmy Allen. Or um, you can look at his bio with all my links to my Facebook, my podcast. And my podcast is on all platforms. It's called Crazy Juicy Love. It's on Spotify, it's on iTunes, it's on um, Anchor. And you can find me on my website, jimmyallencoaching.com. Awesome. Awesome. And if you sign up for an introduction with me and mention that you were on or you listen to this podcast, I'll give you a discount on a call in one package. That's fabulous. Yeah. Yes, honey. <laughs> Fantastic. So yeah. definitely hit Jimmy up. And you guys know for the ladies out there who are, you know, my mother daughter intensive, mm. right? 12 women, 12 weeks to get right with mom for the sake of your love life intensive. So if you've been surviving a painful or abusive relationship with your mother or with your daughter and you're ready to throw out the emotional baggage and become vibrant, alive, magnetic, mm. and passionate while creating a love life that lights you up and supports your happiness, just click on the link on my business page so you can apply, we can have a call, you can learn more about it. I don't think that, you know, there's enough of the conversation of how, you know, they always say we marry our parents, oh, but you yeah. know, the mother-daughter relationship in particular, it's like, you know, not only, it's not just about attracting personalities that are like your mother, but it's also all of what we take on about our mother and all of what we unconsciously, you know, especially when we have a, a conflicting relationship with our mother, yeah. all that we unconsciously, like our body image, our, you know, how relationships are supposed to go. There's just so much that we take on and in the, like we were talking about resistance earlier. Yeah. Even when you know it's not right and you know it's not workable, being in the resistance about it has it grow, right? Right. And I would say too, like directly how we love is correlated of how our relationship with our parents are too. Totally. Absolutely. Like that's the first sort of like example. Yeah, yes. yeah. Absolutely. So that's what we do on this intensive. And at the end of the, the first round, we're going to Jamaica. Oh, yeah. Right? For a four day retreat. It's going to be like a yoga and transformation retreat. Wow. Like a it's, it's exciting stuff. Yeah, so. Right? Come on, honey. Come be with the girls. Yes. All right, so we got one minute with the Armed Radio people. Armed Radio, thank you so much for being here. I love you guys so much. Until next time, never forget that you are a love machine, and if you ever start to feel like you aren't getting the love you need, just make more ask for candy and the same for you guys on the facebook live i just thank you so much for being here i know i don't know that you guys got a lot of comments and questions because this is a really rich conversation. I know. lost time right but you know you can always come back later and i do interact you know if you want to be in the conversation later on if you're on the post watching the video later and jimmy especially thank you so much for being a great guest thank you you're gonna have to be friend of the show you're gonna have to come back I know, yes. Yeah, because we more. I feel like we have so we much have more. We have so much more to talk about. Right? Yeah. So you're going to have to come back in the fall. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to work that out. Anyway, I love you guys so much. Bye, Armed Radio. Bye, Facebook Live. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for being here. Bye. Yay. <laughs> All right, I got to stop the, the video while the Facebook Live people are still watching. Bye, Facebook Live. Hey guys, are you ready to call in your one? Are you ready to become wildly magnetic to the partner that you deserve and start creating that crazy, juicy love? Well, 
I am offering a discount package when you listen to this podcast. So when you listen to this podcast, you follow me on Instagram, you DM me and say, you listen to this podcast, and I will offer you a discount on a seven-week session. Crazy Juicy Love.